but, but my question for people is, if you want to judge Bryce's ability to ride a unicycle, yeah. under what conditions should he demonstrate that proficiency? Yeah. Right? Are you going to first make him do a 17-mile hike and ride on the edge of a cliff where he can yeah. fall half a mile yeah. to his... Do yeah. That's, sadly, a lot of times yeah. I think what we're doing with mm -hmm. some of the assessments. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of collaboration and reflection as we seek to keep growing as teachers. So this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name's Matt. I'm Abby. And I'm Dave. For those of you new here, we're three friends who found each other in a hallway in Iowa and suggested we do a podcast and now here we are. We take <laughs> education pretty seriously but we don't take ourselves too seriously and our primary goal is that you're encouraged in both your teaching and your everyday walking around life. Also we love feedback so if you have any send it to hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Friends before we start we uh, with the topic we usually begin with the check-in question. Our check-in question today has absolutely nothing to do with our topic today, which is going to be around assessment. Um, so here it is. Oh boy. <laughs> Name three things that people would generally find on your desk or bookshelf in your office in this hallway outside this door. So we walked into your office. Now, I know the answer is books on a bookshelf. <laughs> I was going to say. But sort I'm of not, what, would be some, what might people be surprised or what is on your bookshelf or desk that people might be surprised to know is there. So like, for example, I'll go first while sure. you think about go this. For Friends, our, our Dave and Abby had no idea this was going to be the check-in question, which is why we're struggling. Yeah. Uh, how much do I reveal? <laughs> right. So, totally. Filter, filter. Um, so one of the things on my bookshelf is a 1972 license plate from British Columbia. And the reason 1972 is that's the year I was born. And British Columbia is obviously where I am from. So I have a license plate from British Columbia from the 1970s on my bookshelf. Mm -hmm. Now you've given, I've given you the prerequisite 30 seconds to think about this, Adam. Okay. okay. So around our department, we have several things that like make their way into people's offices mm -hmm. as jokes. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, uh -oh. there's a snowman that makes, he sings a song, I believe. Yeah. There's like a random pheasant. Yep. <laughs> I've seen yep. this one. With, a, with a presidential okay. comb over. Yes, but. and there's one of the, I can't yeah. even remember. I do not love practical jokes, and I stink at pulling them. So yeah. when they happen to me, I just put things on my shelf. Yeah. And I don't pass it on. So right I'm, now, there is a snow singing snowman or a birdhouse or something yeah. and a pheasant. On my shelf because I do not want to give yeah. it to someone else because I either don't have the energy, I don't care, or like I don't want to be awkward. Also, this just in, Abby is super fun at parties, so if you need her to anytime, invite me over. She's great. I'm a she is nine. great. Yeah. She is great. Well, we're recording in my office, so I have the benefit here of looking around while you're talking. So I have three bobble-headed dogs up on my bookshelf oh, wow. over here, and uh, the first one's a little chihuahua. So you're a lot more intentional and, than I am. No, that was, <laughs> this is just silly, because I have all these things that I got oh. as gifts or things along the way. Um, a student one time, years and years ago, gave me a little bobblehead chihuahua. It was Teacher Appreciation Week, hey, which oh, is coming yeah. up here, right? Yeah. I got this one. And I had another kid come, do you collect bobbleheads? I, I, I literally have one yeah. bobblehead chihuahua sitting here. I'm like, nice. I guess I do now. And so then I got a couple more. I got these three little bobblehead 
dog stuff. There's a lot of interesting stuff on my shelves. I got weird stuff on my shelves, guys. (laughs) All right, Dave and Abby, I I was thinking about, Dave, you had mentioned that a few weeks ago you led a a professional development day at a local school, and Mm so that's also just a a plug-in that uh, Dave and Abby do a lot of pro-D for local schools. Dave, I know you do around assessment, Abby around literacy. Have done, yeah. Have done in the past, so... By the way, if you need them, please get a <laughs> get a good. hold of them. Yeah. Um, they do an amazing they do amazing work with that. But Dave, you were talking about an assessment day, yeah. And as you were talking about that, it made me think back to my high school um, English days of teaching high school English, and then it actually brought me back to my own high school experience. Um, when I was in high school, um, back in in Vancouver, uh, you would. You basically have a provincial exam at the end of the year. Now, this was many, many years ago, but that provincial exam, I think, was worth 30 or 40 percent of your final grade, and it was produced by the government. So essentially, you would be in school being assessed by the teacher from September to the end of June, um, and that would count for whatever, 65, 70 percent of your grade, and then you'd get this final exam issued by the government that count for 35, 40 percent of your grade. And it just made me realize, like, this idea of high-stakes summative mm-hmm. testing, of which I still have lots of question about, like, what's the point of that and the value of that. Yeah. Um, but I, I was thinking about that when you were talking about summative assessment. And, and I guess my, my question is more directed at you, and, and Abby and I will will um, jump in where we can. Yeah, but please. <laughs> yeah, no, we will. But you had, you had a definition for summative assessment yeah. that I found interesting. And I'm just wondering if, if you can share that and maybe we can just riff on that for a bit um, because it's that time of year where we're getting to the near the end of the year. Well, that's right. And so people are thinking about what does end of year assessments look like. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know. Can I put you on sure. the spot yeah. and share that? So I'm just going to pull it up here to read it to you so I say it. This is just my own definition for summative assessment. This is based on years of practice as a teacher and practitioner, but also I'd like to think this is a pretty useful definition for trying to sum things up, right? If we're talking summative assessment, summing things up. So here's my working definition. It's a little lengthy, but I'll break it down for you. Uh, A formal opportunity for students to demonstrate their mastery of a particular segment of the curriculum in a comprehensive way that allows the teacher to judge the mastery of the required knowledge, understandings, and skills. So there's a lot yeah, in there. So I'll, yeah. I'll break it down for you, okay? Uh, formal opportunity. When I think about summative assessment, this is something that's formal. It's, it's a not observation. Uh, it's not something where we're just, you know, guessing at whether students have. There's got to be some sort of an artifact or some way of documenting students' thinking. And I've said before, I think assessment is the most mystical part of teaching mm-hmm. uh, because somehow I've got to get inside my students' head. Somehow I've got to know what they know and I've got to understand yeah. what they understand. So there's got to be some kind of an artifact for that, whether they're writing something, or maybe it is a test or an exam, maybe it's some kind of a project, maybe they're performing something, right? But it's a formal opportunity for students to demonstrate their mastery of a segment of the curriculum. And I I really want to emphasize that because I've come to a point in my career where I wonder about the value of um, comprehensive cumulative exams at the end of of a course. And I'm not going to say there's never a time and a place for that because I'm always subject to revision here. But I've come to a point where I wonder about that, that I don't think that that's usually the most valuable way to actually have students sum things up. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be some segment of the curriculum that, that is some of the assessment, right? 
Um, but as I say that, that segment, it should be comprehensive for that piece of it. So maybe there's just one learning target or a handful of collected, um, you know, connected learning targets yeah. that we're going to say, we're going to bring these pieces together. Yeah. It's not just discrete little bits of knowledge, but something comprehensive mm -hmm. where we want to see those pieces come together. So formal opportunity for students to demonstrate the mastery of the segment of curriculum in a comprehensive way that allows the teacher to judge their mastery. And I use that word judge very deliberately because I think sometimes, I'll pick on Christian teachers in particular, sometimes we think like in Matthew 7 where it says, do not judge lest you be judged, right? That's, Jesus says, do not judge. Well, you're taking that verse out of context, I would suggest to you, because this is also the part where Jesus goes on and talks about get the plank out of your own eye so you can get the speck of sawdust out of your brother's. The measure that you use is the measure to which it will be a measure to you, right? Um, and so in that way of thinking about, Jesus doesn't say don't judge. He says be really thoughtful and careful in the way that you judge. And, and, and assessment has some judge judgment in it, it, it which should. it's, it's that's, not objective. That's right. That, that's the, the evaluative right? part of what we're doing. Yes. It, Even objective very, questions, yeah. there's judgment choices that's embedded right. at, at all levels of that. That's right. So yeah. all that to say, it's kind of a... Cumbersome definition just because yeah. there's a lot of moving pieces yeah. there, but something formal um, aimed at mastery of a segment of the curriculum in a comprehensive way that lets the teacher actually judge students' yeah. achievement, students' yeah. learning. Dave, you had mentioned you had mentioned you're wondering about end of year yeah. assessments, and that hit that hits home for me because final exams were a big deal for me, and I made a big deal out of them as a teacher, and probably in hindsight, I probably made too big of a deal out of them. <laughs> you know, I can I can remember, <clears throat> hey, everything from everything from January to June is up yeah. for grabs. Right. And, yeah. I, you know, I kind of give a little bit of an outline, but it was almost like assessment by surprise. Like, you're responsible mm -hmm. to know it all. Anything I've said is can be tested on, which as I say it out loud now, do you, I'm quite embarrassed by it. But, <laughs> Um, but I can remember kind of being like that. And for me, you know, that's what it means to be rigorous, have this yeah. tough exam. So I'm just wondering how, where did you get to a place of wondering about mm -hmm. final year, final end of year assessments, especially as we're ending, we're getting yeah, near the end of the year. Where else in life outside of school, yeah. formal education settings, do you have those kinds of exams. And I know people say like, well, we're going to take the MCAT or the LSAT or the GRE or something. Yeah, but that's still an education exam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really, right? So you're getting into a graduate school or something like that. That's outside of formal education. Where do you have those kinds of, hmm. of exams, right? Well, your driver's says, yeah, that's not the same thing though, because yeah. that's like a practical skill-based thing and they're actually assessing your abilities to do yeah. this right. comprehensive yeah. set of skills in, in that setting, right? Yeah. And I don't know, that, that just has me really thinking. And I know school is a particular and peculiar institution where it's mm -hmm. focused on the academics primarily, and so we're going to have our own rules for how yeah. we function within school. I, I do understand yeah. all of that. But, yeah. yeah, I love, I like summative assessments because I feel like they're a good way to put a bow on and to help make students help students make connections mm -hmm. that they have not made before. Yeah. And so I love the idea of summative semester-long assessments as an opportunity for students to actually learn things mm, or see things the that they've learned, mm -hmm. yes, that they haven't before. So I give one in yep. Education 135, which is our introduction to Ed Psych, and we were viewing for it today. And this is another place I've come to in that I basically previewed a section of the exam for them and let them mm -hmm. work it out mm -hmm. in partners today at yeah. their tables, yeah. um, which felt like cheating. To me, right? Like I have to get, yeah. but also yeah. I'm like, but I want you to be able to do this. 
Right. Yeah. And so right. why would I not build in success for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like it's not, it wasn't exactly what they will see, but it was the same sort of, okay, we're going to take all of these theorists that we've studied mm-hmm. and we are going to organize them yeah. and their terms. And I want you to see how much of this you actually know. Right. 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 And can associate. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you get to do it in partners. Yeah. Um, because I want you to be able to do it right. by That's the right. final yeah. exam and make these connections and distinctions among these big theorists and organize yeah. them in ways that will serve you later, but that I haven't asked you to do yet. Yeah. Right? So how can we take everything we've done and, and kind of now connect it all? Mm-hmm. We've learned it in discrete chunks all year. Yeah. Now how do we see it as a bigger picture? I love hearing that example. and It just prompts me thinking, so I'm teaching this educational robotics yeah. class, which I've shared a little <laughs> bit about on the podcast before, um, and it's my first go at the course. And thinking about what, what kind of final exam I would give for that yeah. class too, I just talked with my students a little bit about it and said, what's going to be the most valuable way for you to sum this up? And I was so grateful. Like the students that I get to work with in that class too, they're very thoughtful and very um, you know, intentional in talking about this. And their point to me was, hey, we've been programming robots all semester long. Like we've done that yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Uh, a more valuable way for us to demonstrate what we're learning isn't to go and you know, yeah. make build one more robot and program it here. Yeah. It was like, why don't we just write something in reflection on what we're taking away from this course right. and actually name it? Like, and I said, okay, yeah. let's put a little structure around that then. So I'll put the the course level learning targets right. on on there and yeah. say, so so how did you hit these targets? Yeah. Like, think through the whole semester. What yeah. kinds of things did we do? What kinds of experiences have you had? that allowed you to meet these learning targets. And then they name those things. And they're yeah. like, great, let's do that. Yeah. And so that's I, have, what I, I do that too with, with learning targets that have spanned the whole year, right? And ask them to give me evidence that they've met them using specific examples yes. of their coursework. Right. right, right. Right? So how have you, tell me how the work you've done in this class has moved you toward this learning target, which mm-hmm. forces them to think about their own learning in that's ways right. that they have not had to do right. previously. And that's really what I hope a summative assessment like this that I'm talking about is going to be, right? Does that give me that opportunity to give that comprehensive look at what they're Mm -hmm. taking away from the class? Does it allow me to actually judge what their learning looks like? I I think so by Mm -hmm. doing that. Now, it's interesting, Abby, that you said, hey, we basically previewed Mm -hmm. the exam. Because I'm looking at your, I'm thinking about your definition, Dave. And right, this idea of, of judgment and understanding and um, skills and knowledge. And it makes me realize how often do we do um, summative evaluation by surprise? Or sort of like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, like this idea of, because my, my question for you, Abby, is when you start a teacher, even now, do you feel like you're giving something away almost? Like, I'm, mm-hmm. like you say, you use the word, I feel yeah. like I'm helping them. Right. Cheat, right? And, <laughs> and and I can remember I can remember giving an English exam where you know where we had to, we were doing short, a short story unit and on the final exam I gave them a short story a couple weeks before and here's all the questions I'm actually going to ask you on the mm-hmm. exam about this mm-hmm. story so you can be ready because in the end you got to still come in and write right. it. And right? it wasn't like I'm giving them the answers that somebody else got yeah. to. I'm just giving them a chance. Yeah. 
to think about it, right? right? Themselves. They're still the ones, because that's how I want their organization in their brain, the knowledge in their brain, to live forever. So why would I not expose them to that a couple of times, right? For sure. Well, it comes back to that idea that people always will say practice makes perfect. But no, practice makes permanent, right? That's what neuroscience says. Practice makes permanent. So of course we want students to practice then. Right. And and then the exam conditions, whatever the summative assessment Mm -hmm. is, should somehow mirror the experience that they've had to practice because that's how you'll demonstrate what you actually learned. Yeah. Is there for either of you that if you think about, hey, what makes a good summative assessment versus this, this is a summative assessment, but it's not great? Like, I don't know if, I know your definition, Dave, but I guess yeah. I'm thinking more practically, or, or maybe I want to ask it the right way because I don't want to be critical because I think no, we're, all, we're all wrestling with what's good assessment, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about the K-12 to mm-hmm. teachers who are listening, what does good assessment look like? So maybe I'll reframe that in terms of, like, what would you encourage for either of you to say, as you think about summative assessment, here are some of practical ways mm-hmm. to try, yeah, make it, yeah. To hit the mark, so to speak. Yeah. I I like to think about Bloom's taxonomy, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what am I going to ask students to just retrieve? Like, what's the most important okay. knowledge at the bottom, right, that they need to retrieve and show me that they have mastered? Yep. What am I asking them to analyze okay. or apply in yeah. the middle? Yeah. Right? And then what am I asking them to kind of create or that's their own thinking mm-hmm. about this subject? And I try to hit kind of... That's not every single level of blooms, but I kind of yeah. try to go up and yeah. I have the fewest questions at the top yeah. and mm-hmm. I have the most questions at the bottom, yeah. right? Okay. But I don't want a test that's only retrieval. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I want them to have to apply and analyze and to think okay. critically, even on an exam. I don't want them to equate yeah. assessment with, I just have to memorize all this information and then spit it back out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want yeah. them to have to think yeah. critically and at high levels. Yeah. And, and I would imagine that that's possible in age-appropriate ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? To think yeah. about that in age. So you're not yeah. just talking about university or senior no, grade 12 students. So, so yeah. no. How about yeah. you, Dave? Is it something that you think this is... These are two, these are implications for good summative assessment. So one of the tensions I always feel um, anytime we're trying to sum things up at the end, somehow we're like trying to like tie a bow on it, right? Mm -hmm. Put put all these pieces together. But as soon as I say that, I know that in assessment, like assessment theory, multiple measures are usually most accurate. Mm -hmm. If we actually want to know what students have have learned. And so that means we're going to have to do formative assessments along the way Mm -hmm. and give, I like Rick Wormley's take on, on this too, right? He says, let's call formative assessment feedback and let's call summative assessment judgment. And I think that just renaming those things can help, right? Because that means students have had multiple opportunities to practice along the way. They've had multiple opportunities to get feedback along the way, formative assessments. But there does come a point where they do have to kind of put it all together. And I have a professional responsibility to give judgment then for that. So, yeah, multiple measures is typically most accurate so that we're judging along the way. But recognizing then there has to be some kind of a thing. So, as I say all that, I want to talk about stakes because I think a lot of times some of the assessments are very high stakes for, mm-hmm. for students. So um, in, in class, I've done this before. Actually, I've done this in professional development workshops too. Um, I show a picture of my cousin Bryce who rides a unicycle. Um, and uh, like a lot of my cousins are like, we should start a circus, okay? <laughs> we all, uh, so it's not just you. It's not just me. Yeah. I'm the calm one. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, but I have this picture of my cousin Bryce. He's riding his unicycle. And it's, it's wonderful. And then I show another picture of him, and he is riding a tiny little unicycle. It's only about 18 inches tall, and he's on the edge of a cliff. Oh, and yes. so it's like you see him from behind, and you see like he is on the edge of a cliff. Well, then I show the students the picture, uh, or the participants the picture, from the flip side of it, it's not him, but it's he's on Half Dome in Yosemite National Park, right? So it's this huge rock, and it's like a half-mile drop, and he's right on the edge of this thing riding his unicycle, right? Now, my question always to people is, uh, what's the... Yeah, yeah, it's terrible, right? So first of all, yeah, that's disturbing, but that's a whole different podcast. But, but my question for people is, if you want to judge Bryce's ability to ride a unicycle... Under what conditions should he demonstrate that proficiency, yeah. right? Are you going to first make him do a 17-mile hike and ride on the edge of a cliff where he can yeah. fall half mile yeah. to his... Do yeah. That's, sadly, a lot of times, yeah. I think, what we're doing with mm -hmm. some of the assessments. We're making it so high stakes for our students, yeah. we make them feel like, you have one chance or you fail, yeah. and if you fail, it's the end of your life, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. What, in elementary, middle school, high school, what is so high stakes in right. any of those situations yeah. that we yeah. need to make students feel like this is the thing that's make or break for your whole life? Yeah. Right. right. So my, so my question to that, and this goes back actually to Abby saying, oh, I'm getting sick thinking about it. Yeah. Because for some students, the thought of exams yeah. do right. make them sick. Yeah. And so, so here's a, going a bit of a, or building on that, but maybe in a bit of a different direction. What about for the students for whom those final exams are literally anxiety inducing? Mm -hmm. And and because like you say, like you have to have you have to have measures along the way, but then sort of one comprehensive at the end. But but what if for that student, A, that's either anxiety inducing mm -hmm. or it's only one specific way we're in which we're measuring right. Mm -hmm. comprehensive knowing. And yeah. right? Like for some it might be a real thing of like Hey, writing essay. I can tell you exactly what I know, mm -hmm. but if you make me write it in an essay, a that's not my strength, and I, that's really hard. Or yeah. a it's all multiple choice. Or it's, so a what do we do with students for whom it's really anxiety inducing? Like they're they feel like Abby, like the thought of being on like for some students it's like being on the edge of the half dome, and there feels right. like a set you know a mile drop. Yeah. And what about different ways of measuring? Mm. Um, the same, the same learning targets. Like, should that? Or, yeah, I don't know. So, those are two things, and that's probably a whole other podcast. But just initial insights into that. Well, I'll say one thing, just because it picks up. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about agency uh, mm -hmm. on the podcast. Yeah. I think giving students a voice in how they're going to be assessed, yeah. I think, is a is a promising practice. Okay. I don't know if it's the best practice for everything. In a team. I think it's a promising practice for assessment. Okay. Mm -hmm. We should. Get students. So can you give students reasonable choices, even on a summative assessment, yeah. and not saying that you need to open it up to the world? And it right? can actually be a really good learning experience for them, too. Yeah. What is the most important? How right. do I think that I could best show this? Right? right. Those are really actually high-level thinking skills. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so long as you can have clarity about what the targets are for, mm -hmm. for it. And so then you can, if, if the learning targets are clear, then there's probably multiple assessment vehicles that would actually mm -hmm. work to demonstrate proficiency yeah. for me. And I've done targets. that. I've offered, you can write, you can have a conversation with me, mm -hmm. yeah. you can make yeah. a video, you know, yeah. like I've yeah. offered. Yeah. Different ways. Different so, it doesn't have to be one way, right. one way for all time to demonstrate yeah. all your knowing. Right. Like, I've also offered, like, so my content is really split in half, right, in this one course. And we cover development in the first half. We cover learning theories in the second. And they have a summative assessment over each of those mm -hmm. along the way. And then their final covers that again. 
Okay. Right? And their final is not just one kind of question. They're doing all kinds of different things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on the final. And yeah. so then I feel like they don't get a choice necessarily, but they do get a variety. Yeah. 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 Right? It comes back to multiple measures again. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. No, that's good. Friends, we know that your time is valuable. and want to thank you for joining us today for another hallway conversation. And whether it is this day or this week, this month, or as your school year comes to an end, we hope that the Lord gives you what you stand in need of to end well. And we just want to send you into this day with a blessing. So God go before you to lead you. God go behind you to protect you. God go beneath you to support you. God go beside you to befriend you. Do not be afraid. And may the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you. Do not be afraid. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you have a good week. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up during one of our actual hallway conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Thanks for listening. Now, Abby, do you have a second thing? Is there a second thing? I mean, the snowman, the rooster, the, no, what is <laughs> the pheasant? There could be a birdhouse. I don't remember. We're going to have to go raid her office later. Well, I know. We're going to have to go look. I'm really fun. Okay. <laughs>